pants and you know um, I mean stuff I wear would not would not uh, freak him out at all <laughs> you know what I mean right. but but uh, you know I just learned a lot from him because to me that was just like really somebody good to look up to and uh, Terry Bozio you know I met him at the same time okay and uh, he was totally into the new wave thing he had crazy hair um, which Frank didn't like right which Frank didn't like um, but he was an individual you know he was uh, when he played and everything he was a showman right I mean over the top he wasn't right. like a, a you know a jazz guy Vinny guy or right or any of those guys I mean he was jumping around he was doing all that stuff he kind of seemed like he was anti, you know, drums when he was going through, like, the missing persons yeah. phase. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and so all that stuff just influenced me and just opened me up to, to you know, there's more, there's more into the world and, and there's more to embrace on new stuff. Why not just keep doing new stuff? You know, and then I got into Miles and, and uh, you know, some stuff I don't like of Miles and yeah. some stuff, you know, I think is, is great. Um, he was pretty cool. Though. I saw a thing on YouTube of him on that show that Sanborn used to have. And so it was like, you know, Miles Electric days, you know. Right. And I can't remember what it was, but I was watching it. And I remember seeing that back in the day, and I didn't really get it. But, like, I watched it just the other day, and I was like, dang, that was good. Right. Like, you know, I thought he was sort of eccentric and like, the way he dressed and the way he wore his hair. I just didn't get it. Because uh, I couldn't see past all that, but musically, it was a very amazing thing that he did. Right. Yeah, yeah. So even when he wasn't doing his, you know, cool twenty suits or forty suits or whatever those were, and you know, uh, you know, straight ahead jazz. I mean, he was still making what I felt was art, you know, satisfying artistic music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We just liked him because he was always, you know, pushing it, mm -hmm. always. Uh, you know, and talking about a showman not being a showman, you know. Right. He, was a, he had a certain intensity about him, like he was a sort of a force. Oh, he was a total force. Yeah. The other guy who was a force was Maynard. Maynard yes. Ferguson, you know, playing with him, you know, mm -hmm. learned a ton. Same thing, you know, being a force. And then, you know, Lindsey Buckingham, he was a total force. And, right. You know, when I started playing and recording with him, I didn't know anything about Fleetwood Mac or anything. You're the one who actually told me to get rumors i i uh you're right and then you ended up playing with those guys i i um uh was just talking to the skateboarder he's only i want to say he's 14 and he plays french horn in in lakewood somewhere at some school and i know him since he's a little kid and he was talking about how he used to play trumpet and i said oh who do you who did you ever listen to trumpet music yeah, maynard ferguson right today you know 2018. Is that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I run into people all the time and, and the least likely people that you would think and they're like, oh my gosh, I was in high school and I saw Maynard and <laughs> changed my life. Yeah, I mean, that guy was a showman. How did that affect you musically to play with him? It was awesome because the critics hated him. Mm -hmm. Okay, Downbeat and uh, all the jazz guys hated him. Yet, nobody wanted to go on after us. We always closed every festival. Because? He's a showman. Right. I mean, you know, if anybody hasn't seen him or doesn't know who he is, he's he's uh, he's an incredible trumpet player, but a, a lead trumpet player. Right. And so you know he plays really 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 high, which is exciting. But the best thing about his ability was he could be loud. Right. You know, so a loud trumpet is really exciting. 
Right. You know, and he was a showman. I mean, he would work up, you know, his stance and everything to do all the high notes, and he would miss it most of the time. And then, you know, after the fourth time, he'd hit it. You know, it's like yes. he would settle up like the underdog. You know. But besides that, I mean, exactly he was right. a, a really great musician. But the the critics panned him. They hated him. Mm. You know, and consequently, he was more into you know he he would do funk, and he would do rock and stuff yep. like that. Which I have to give to my dad. You know, when we were in jazz band, he used to do, you know, Quincy Jones. Uh, songs he used to do, you mm-hmm. know, he would always put like a funk rock thing in mm-hmm. and we'd always get panned at the festivals. We'd still win, but mm-hmm. you know, they'd always pan us. Cause, really? Because most they looked down upon that? Yeah, they, you know, they were more into bassy and all that kind of stuff, okay. which, you know, we would do that stuff too. Mm-hmm. But my dad was always, you know, a forward thinker, which I think I got from him as well. That makes sense. You know, I can see why you wouldn't want to follow Maynard. I mean, like when he. His concerts basically ended like he you're watching a, a movie, he was a rock and the band. guy, the, the, yeah, the hero, like saved the world. <laughs> yeah, right. So why would you? Fo- how would you follow that up with, you know, like some mellow thing or some straight-ahead jazz or some, you know? Okay, so, so if Maynard was was born today. He'd be a DJ. Sure. Guarantee you. Sure. And uh, okay, think about this, Maynard. <clears throat> And Ozzy Osbourne, they talked pretty much the same. They hmm. acted the same. How so? They were just bigger than life. Both right. of them. Right. You know, and funny. I mean, true. Made that's it was, true. Was really funny. They, they and he had everybody in his band. I never put those two together. Zol and all, and he had everybody in his band. Right. You know, Primal Scream, that record, was Gad, right. Zol and all. Right. I'm not sure who else on there, but it was great. You know. All the guys. Yeah. They yeah. Were, so I mean, that yeah. was. Uh, I think all that stuff really, really helped, you know, just expand that. And then, you know, doing drum duets and stuff, it's like, I always, I like, you know, I like being a sideman. I like doing uh, shows and stuff. It's great doing Terry's show and it's great doing all that kind of stuff. It's also great being an artist. It's great being a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great, you know, I like doing dance music. Um, I like pop music, you know, and I also, yeah also love bebop and stuff mm-hmm. you know and classical and all that kind of stuff I like so many different things that's why I do so many different projects and right. so many different right that different, satisfies different you yeah mm-hmm. I like a lot of uh, balls in the air being juggled I guess right but you but the things you choose to do they're definitely not aside from the stuff we're talking about sideband work or you know they're not well I pull you in on a lot of them too <laughs> <laughs> well they're not ordinary things you know like like, again, this is how we started our conversation, you know, it's like that thing where you just decide you're going to do this thing that's never been done before, and so there's no proof that it can be done, there's no proof that there's a crowd for it, there's no proof that people are going to get it, and you don't care, you just, like, go and do it. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, you sort of like, like, like exploring more than other musicians. I guess so. Yeah, and I think, um, and I mean, we all, you know, we all have bad days. We all have bad gigs and stuff. I remember when I was taking from Murray and and uh, I did a show at at uh, Long Beach Arena, mm-hmm. and uh, for some reason the conductor didn't like me. I mean, I was subbing for, I can't remember who I was subbing for, but uh, I was young. I mean, I was like fourteen. I don't think he liked me because I was young. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I could read the book down. There was no problem on that. But just he kept writing me and writing me. 
and uh, I wasn't really mature enough to deal with that because yeah. up until then I had always been prepared and aced my stuff. And, yeah. And even sessions I was doing and everything, I always nailed. I never, you know, I kept trying harder and harder, but it had nothing to do with my playing. It just, you know, mm. he didn't like me. And uh, I remember, like, you know, after the gig, I was, like, in tears because I was just, mm. you know, I really felt You're like... You're just a kid. I mean, number one. Yeah, but I felt like I let everybody down. I felt like I let myself down. I felt like I left the band down, you know. And, mm. and I remember the next day I went to Murray, Spivak. Yeah. You know, and I told him, and I said, I said, you know what? I totally blew it. You know, he was, he didn't like the way I played. He didn't like any of my stuff, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, I was confessing to Murray. And I thought for sure that he'd reprimand me and say, yeah. well, you didn't practice hard enough or you didn't, blah, blah, blah. And he looked at me and he goes, who cares? And mm. I was like, what do you mean who cares? <laughs> he goes, mm. who cares? He said, you showed up. You, he said, did you read it down? I said, yeah. He said, did you get through the gig? Yeah. And he said, did the conductor give you a hard time the whole time? I said, yeah. He goes, who cares? He didn't like you. Mm. And that's when it like hit me. Oh, okay. Mm. There's, there's more to it. Right. Know? And if you fail, you have to get up. Right. You know, you can't just stay down. Right. And we all fail. Right. And we all, you know, do stuff. And we have bad days and all that kind of stuff. It's how you recover. And right. It's, and it's getting back up and... What you do with it. And it's what you do with it. Right. The failure. The failure. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's good. That's true. You know, and as an artist, oh my gosh. I'm surprised Murray didn't, you know, tape your fingers together. Oh, he did that. Or hit you. <laughs> hit you for failing on that performance. <laughs> Murray never was violent. <laughs> he would definitely tape your hand, though, if your fingers were flying and yeah. boy were mine. He taped my hand once... And he got so happy when he was taping my hand. Like, <laughs> like it was like, I thought I'd never tape Kenny's hand. And now I'm, gonna, I'm taping your hand, Kenny. <laughs> he was so happy doing it, you know. It wasn't the mean Murray. No, he, Murray, Murray <clears throat> was, was tough, but he always did it with heart. Right. You know? And you know what? Murray cut me a break. Because, I mean, how long did you take from him? Three years. Yeah, I took from him for about, not as long as Brooks. I think Brooks... But you took, guys were like freaking five years old, though. I mean... Yeah, but I think Brooks was the longest. I think Brooks took six years or something. Did he? I think That's I took... That's not that long I for took, Murray. I took five years. And the That's main, not that long the either. The main reason why I took five years for Murray is because I was going to, to junior high. I had... I was taking from Earl Hatch. I was <laughs> taking from Ruth Ritchie. I was taking oh from God. Chuck Flores. Oh, you're doing the uh, coordination at the same time? Yeah, I was doing it oh at the same gosh. time. And I was taken from Murray. And, uh, wow. yeah, I just had to work That blows my mind. Yeah. You had and how he, many teachers? And Five he, teachers, including Murray? Yeah, and he actually gave me, because he knew I was taken from Earl. Yeah. He knew I was taken from all those people. So he actually, I think he gave me a, a little bit more of leeway than he did other people. Right. You but know. you finished it. Yeah, and he encouraged me to do mallets and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, right, of it, course. it does affect my playing. And Who taught in that same place was there was a mallet dude in there i think he was gone by the time i was oh wally snow yeah okay yeah he was great right i never took from wally i took okay. from from earl wally took from earl okay so oh wally was an earl student yeah okay yeah what do you think about that spivak how did it affect your playing oh it changed my life yeah 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 i mean he completely changed change uh, my playing and changed my life and I was lucky enough to, you know, and you were too, to become friends with them. 
Yeah. And uh, uh, he helped me through when, you know, I had bad gigs, like I told you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's totally not what I expected him to say. Um, and, yeah, just, just the way I play and my touch and the way I hit the drum and everything. Yeah, yeah. he changed my life. He was wonderful. He really was wonderful. I mean, yeah. so optimistic, really. I mean, everybody said we talked about how scary he was or strict, you know, but really actually optimistic. I the guy thought. didn't need to teach. No. He no. chose to, to teach. Right. You know, so that was the difference, too. He had a passion for it. Right. And he actually cared about, you know, people and cared about not only how they played drums, but, you know. I mean, he taught me a lot about business and getting along with people, too. I learned a lot from yeah, him. I could see on, that. On that side. I mean, that dude did some serious work. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Academy Awards and, right. you know. I remember talk, talking that. about being a drummer and an engineer, I mean, he, you know, he right. became the engineer when, when you didn't have Pro Tools, you know. One of my fond memories of Murray was going to his house because I was the guy that had him on Friday and I was the last guy. And I'm sure he said it out there because he started liking me, so, you know. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. And then, so then, um, um, I go to the first time I was ever at his house, you know, and we went and got some corned beef and cabbage from, you know, Farmer's <laughs> yeah, Market. Nibblers. <laughs> okay, that's right, yeah. Yeah. That's the place. And we then, used to go to Nibblers, too. Yeah. And, and Farmer's Market, yeah. Farmer's Market. I went, too. Yeah. So I, we got the, to go, you know, corned beef and cabbage, and, and then we go to his house, and, you know, I just gave him a ride home, basically. Right. And, um... When I went into his house, I remember seeing in the corner, there's a TV. It was an old council TV, like a big, beautiful oak That's right. TV. But it was in the days when Sonys were big things. The Sony TVs were a big thing. Right. So he had somebody, like, <laughs> cut <laughs> the whole front of the television out. Take the tube out. And then they shoved <laughs> the big, black, monolithic Sony television it was the biggest one you could buy which probably at that time because I remember like when we went on the road with Kazumi I, I was making some good money and I bought one of the little 19 inch Sony's and it was a fortune oh, just yeah, for like that? one yeah, yeah it was a fortune yeah. I don't even know it and, yeah and, so, and he had the thing like shoved into the thing so there's so I'm just like wow you know that's interesting <laughs> and then on top of it an Academy Award right right that's my first and King Kong the uh, the King Kong, do you remember that? Uh, it uh, was the the first model of the. King oh, you had that. The original wow. kids. We're talking 1930. Oh, I know. And and it was the actual model that they that they. Uh, That's you know, amazing. Did King Kong after? And as I, and I know you know this, but he was he was the voice of King Kong. Right. It was his voice mixed with uh, lions, and he was taking, you know, tape machines and playing and slowing down the sound of a lion roar and different things to create that uh, right. whatever with his it was. finger yeah 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 slow the tape deck down exactly. with his finger yeah right. I mean like real serious stuff mm -hmm. and he showed me in person like the groan that he used to be right. Kong on certain things so if, cool. if you ever see that black and white King Kong it's literally Murray's Murray's voice, voice. yeah you know doing that yeah you know so um, but uh, yeah that 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 was a uh, yeah, that was good times. He was a great. He was a great thing to me, Murray. Yeah, yeah. much more than than just a teacher. I mean, he taught me tons about life, and and he taught me, you know, don't procrastinate. Yes. You know, do right. it. Just just right. dive in, and uh, you know, I did learn that about art and creating and everything. You know, you just have to 
You have to jump in. Right. Starting is the hardest thing and finishing is the hardest thing. Hmm. You know, mm -hmm. because you got to finish. Now, now as we speak, do you have, you know, projects in your mind? You don't have to say what they are, but I mean that you're embarking on. Oh, yeah, tons of them. Now, are any of them other, other than stuff that I know of, meaning that, you know, because you, you've mentioned all the different types of projects you're working on. Have you just, have you found any new explorations? Yeah, so I mean, I'm working on a new drum duets. You know that. Right. Um, I'm doing more, uh, you know, echo wacko stuff. Yeah. That, uh, you know, videos and dropping new songs and stuff like that. Um, Hopefully you won't drop any beats as you're dropping those songs. <laughs> Hopefully I drop the mic. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, I don't know if I told... I think I told you about this one. Um, I had been doing drum... Recording drum compositions since I was probably about 11. I remember you talking about that you found some old ones or something. And I like found... That. Yeah. I've been going through all my old tapes. I mean, some of them are just on cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to probably put those out. That's cool. Just finish them and... That's and, neat. Uh, That'd be a very interesting study right there. Yeah. What did you find when you listened to that? Was there anything that you discovered? I'm awesome. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, but but I mean, that's young no, chops. I, that's no, young I, chops. There. I will say that that uh, that is much better than I thought. I thought I thought I would cringe, um, but I think that's with all of us. Like with art, it's mm -hmm. like it's like uh, why you're doing it. You focus on so many small things, which which we should, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're perfectionists. We're trying to do the best thing, and then you know, even my drum duets, like my first one. There's a lot of stuff. I didn't want to put it out yet, but mm -hmm. uh, but I had to. It mm -hmm. was, you know, deadline. But why did you have to? Because uh, I was going in a guitar center. Okay. So I had to, for business reasons, distribute and all that kind of stuff. And I'm glad I did because it dropped and everything. And uh, it dropped probably about six months before I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. But uh, all the things that were driving me nuts, I can't even hear now. That's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Now, I haven't listened to the whole thing through because... Uh, uh, once I do something, I just... What do you reckon do caused when, that to not be there anymore? Uh, because I, I'm finally away from it enough to where I can just listen to the whole thing. You're listening to certain things too closely? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I would, like, obsess on, on especially my parts. You know, Obsession is one of Joey's favorite tunes, by the way. But go ahead. Obsession? Yeah, Obsession. My Obsession? Yeah. Uh-huh. This... Yeah. He heard my obsession before? Yeah, he's heard it. No way, seriously? He can almost sing it verbatim. That one's going to come out, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. But you would obsess on all the parts of that stuff, and so that's why you didn't like it when you made it, and then later on you listened to it, and you didn't... Don't even hear it. That's amazing. You don't even hear it. I mean, yeah. that's, that's cool. It's really good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that's a learning lesson, too. You know, we all obsess on stuff, but you have to have a deadline, and you have to put it out. When you made that... Um, drum solo stuff that you're thinking of re-releasing or releasing for the first time you didn't obviously or did you were you making that with the intention of it being an, a finished piece or was that you know like a, a sketchbook or uh, both okay yeah so some of it um, most of uh, I learned something from from uh, Zappa early on you know he recorded everything right and he put out everything. Not every, <coughs> not everything. Right. There's, there's a ton of stuff sitting there, right? A lot of stuff. And you know what? Prince also did the same thing. Mm. They're finding, like, 
tons of stuff in the vault, mm. you know, that uh, that he recorded and, and never came out. And uh, Prince was one of those guys. Oh my gosh, you know, with the drum machine and everything. Yeah. When the drum machine came out, I looked at it as another tool. I didn't look at it as as I want it to be a drum set. I want it to sit in a rhythm section. I always looked at it as another tool. Like a new synthesizer Which of some sort? Yeah. yeah. Because when I was doing that, that early uh, dance stuff and everything, and Prince, uh, he did too. I mean, you listen to that Lindrum stuff that he did, and he layered and he you know, tweaked it and flanged it and everything. He didn't treat it like a drum set. No. And, and he, talking about making synths sing, on like 1999, dun, 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 dun. Mm -hmm. Okay, nobody can copy that because when he did that, he used different synths. Everybody mm. like pulls up a patch and does it. Mm. And you know how it doesn't sound the same? It doesn't sound the same, okay. He used like six different, actual different synthesizers for each note. So mm. it's almost like a big band. Oh. And he layered stuff like that. He was brilliant. Wow. And, and, and as you know, when in the days, in the era of monophonic synths, Right. That's why you had to play a chord. That's how he did it. Right. Yeah. So a lot of that probably did that. But also, I mean, you listen to all that stuff and, and you know, he had ears. And uh, like when Doves Cry, that had a mm -hmm. bass part on it. Mm -hmm. And it had a bass part all the way until the end. And right before they were mixing, he muted the bass part on the SSL. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He muted it and then he said, okay, no bass. Wow. And uh, well, that had to take some balls. That took balls because nobody was doing that back then. Right. And yeah. it had to make you feel weird because a band was bass, you know, drums and guitar. Right. Especially back then. Right. And, uh, and 79. And, um, oh no, that was later, 83. But he, uh, he actually was the precursor to what, you know, the rap guys were doing with the 808. Right. You know, there's no bass on that. And if you listen to, you know, it affects us to today. There's a lot of just drum rhythmic things which I love and the bass only comes in on the chorus or whatever but and, and that, in that era wasn't it sort of in vogue or was it coming to where like drums would be nearly 90% of a track I think it's always been that way has it? Has it? it's always been that way yeah hmm. yeah right. because I mean even look look back at Aretha look back at you know James Brown mm -hmm. I mean look back at Count Basie look back at uh you know, uh, Sing Sing Sing, Benny Goodman, all right. that kind of stuff. All the excitement stuff, it's always been drum-based. So that's, um, that's and true. It, and there's something primal about drums that's in us. I mean, that's why it's, it stood the test of time. That's why drums haven't gone away. Yeah, they're electronic now, or they're loops, but the actual rhythm, I believe, just goes back to almost a caveman days. I mean, there's something that resonates with us. Right. I mean, that's why... I can do a beat or you can do a beat or, you know, anybody can do something on the drums and it moves people. Right. I was going to, so my final question, Okay. and, you know, we talk a lot, so we'll have to have more of these, but, um, is that you were a vibe player and you had this prowess with all the notes, you know, which just blows my mind all the notes you dealt with and you made these beautiful things with the notes. I so, didn't I didn't master bebop by any chance. And okay. I, and I don't mean to portray that because I didn't. Okay. All right. Um, but I studied it for a lot of years okay. and I got pretty good at it. So but, but I but I didn't master it by any way. But you traded that instrument and that ability to play a non quote unquote melodic instrument. 
Like, what was compelling to you about the drum set then, not now, but then, you know, why would you trade that? Why would you trade this thing that could do so much more, you know, to for this other thing that could do so much less? Well, to me, it never was so much less. To me, uh, drums are harmonic. They are musical. Um, you can... I mean, yeah, it's limited because you're not, you don't have actual tonalities. Mm -hmm. But that's what drove my drum pieces. When I stopped playing vibes, that's what always gave me the idea, you know what, there's got to be just like drum... And there were, I mean, there's orchestral drum pieces. Mm -hmm. there's, there's always been that, but that really drove me. It's like, wow, I mean, drums are so harmonic. If you listen to the drum duets, there's a lot of harmonic stuff going on. Right. You know, and I mean, right. I do use timpani and tune, tune stuff. But, right. But... You but know. you went from vibe to drum set. That's a huge difference in instrument. Right. You know, I mean, it's like it's like one makes notes, so to speak, and the other one makes no notes at all. Right. It's but like, I mean, almost like you tied your hands. But, I mean, you have to remember, even when I was playing vibes, I was playing drums. I mean, I wasn't taking lessons and stuff, but drums were always in the house. Chad was always playing. Um, my right. dad, dad was well, always I'm not saying playing. that, but, the, but the, then you, at some point you stopped the vibes. Oh, yeah. No, I did. And then you just played drums. Like, what would be so interesting about the drums that you would stop the other thing you know to me it just became a, a, a passion it just became more of a passion than than vibes did right mm -hmm. it's interesting because you know when you think about drums there's just so much less to them but is that possible that because there was less there it was more of a challenge like that Michael Weber talked about how artists they like to strip away things they like to back themselves into corners oh I never thought about that and so with the drum set to make art, you know, it'd be you have a lot less to use to make that art. Yeah, it could be. Something I don't know. It would just it was just a change that was that was happening. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that that's kind of what drove my drum solo pieces. That's kind of drove me exploring other music mm -hmm. and stuff. It sounds like Zappa was a big part of that. Part. He was huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just because yeah. I. All of a sudden, I heard all this stuff, and I was like, wow, I mean, look how much stuff you can do, you know. And all of a sudden, there was satire. All of a sudden, there was... Exactly. Know. And he was like this brave guy that would steer the cruise ship. He was into bigger like, than life, too, that guy. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's like kind of what you do with your music. Like, you, you're not afraid to steer the ship into, like, uncharted territory, so to speak. Right. Yeah. But I think we all do that as artists, and I think... Not everybody. A lot of people just do the same old shit. Yeah, Most people true. just do the same old shit. Yeah. Well, I hope that uh, I inspire people to, to push it and to, to go out. Because, you know, today is the best day of your life. You mm -hmm. know, what are you going to do with it? Right. You know? And uh, we all have a thousand excuses for not doing art or for not creating. Mm -hmm. You know, why not just go do it and... Uh, and make something right you know and uh, and everything affects us critics affect us um, people that make fun of us affect us mm -hmm. we don't like to be embarrassed we don't like to fail mm -hmm. um, but if you could just get out and be true to yourself make some art I mean this is the best time this is the best time ever to make art is it the best time ever to be a drummer this is the best time ever to be a drummer I think right yeah, I do, because, I mean, we have all this stuff. Now, people will argue with me, and they'll be like, well, the heydays, 
back then mm-hmm. or all that kind of stuff and maybe maybe they're right but I mean we have more tools we can you know I mean uh, Hannah who's great drummer she you know she what's her last name Hannah Welton okay Hannah Ford Welton okay she got married um, she's awesome she's mm-hmm. a female drummer yeah and um, and she started playing around and stuff yeah and she went to college and she started making videos on YouTube okay and like a lot of you know people that put videos up and everything she started getting following yeah she started getting a following because she's a female drummer uh-huh. But she's really good. Okay. It's not just like fluff, you know. She can play. Is she hit like a girl. Or she hit like a boy. Just like a boy. She does. She can hit, and and she's musical mm-hmm. and um, um, and so she. But you know, she got a lot of hits because she's she's a cute girl, you know. I'm sure at first. So if you're playing like uh, Patty Flawflaws, and then you try Patty Flawflaws in like sort of a stringy top. Maybe a few more hits on the Patty Flaw Flaws. Than... <laughs> right. Just joking. So, so... Does she play with other people? So this is what she does. Yeah. So she puts the videos up, right? Right, yeah. So then, okay. Um, she puts the videos up, and, you know, I'm sure she has some haters, but she she, she keeps putting them up, and, and she's playing around and, and doing all this stuff and everything. And then through YouTube, she gets a, she gets a message... And it says, hey, you know, I'm a major artist, and I want you to come and audition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she writes back, and she goes, you know, uh, okay, can you tell me who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, I, I can't tell you who I am. But you could bring your dad, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, her dad was managing her YouTube stuff and everything. And she kind of made it known. Okay. Know? And uh, so, uh, so she's like, ah, I, don't, I don't know. This is, like, kind of weird and everything. Mm-hmm. So she talks to her dad. And uh, she gets two first-class tickets the next day, okay. FedEx to her. Okay. She opens up the tickets and everything. And so her dad goes, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. So she goes. The... He's like, I got my gun. You know, I'm going to take the gun. <laughs> yeah, right. She's a black belt, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so she flies. And, uh, and now all of this is off of YouTube, okay? This isn't right. management. This isn't her knowing a lot of people. This isn't anything, yes. okay? And this can never happen in any other time except now. Yes. Okay. So, so she flies there. She gets to the airport. There's a limo. So the limo. Picks what her auditions up. are like this? So the limo picks. You've been up. on a lot of drum auditions. Have you, <laughs> they ever been like this for you? First class ticket and a limo. No, but I'm not. I'm not. You know. Anyways. Yeah. What I was gonna say, but. Yeah. But okay, so so, so they then, go to this thing. Yeah. So then, yeah. so then, she, her and her dad they get in the limo and right. everything. They go, and then, uh, and then these huge gates open. You know, it's like a movie, right? Wow. These huge gates really? open. She goes up, yeah. and, uh, you know, they go, oh, you know, thank you, Miss Ford, for coming and yeah. everything, you know. She goes in yeah. this huge complex and everything. She goes by, and she goes in the studio and everything, and they go, you know, okay, here's your back line, you know, tunes it up and everything, and <clears throat> she starts playing and doing all that kind of stuff, and, uh, and then there's... Uh, other people there and everything and and uh, she starts playing and then she sit there and then the artist comes in you know and says you know thank you for coming mm-hmm. you know I appreciate it now she knows who it is yeah and mm-hmm. uh, and so so you know says I want to jam with you and everything so jammed with her for like an hour and it was Prince huh. 
Prince hired her. She worked with him until uh, until he passed, for like four years. Wow. And then her husband, who's a... Would it matter if she knew who it was? I, I, that part I don't get. Like, why wouldn't he say, it's Prince? Because he's Prince. He's, what does that mean? He's like Miles Davis. He's not going to give it up, you he's know? not? Nah. It sounds a little controlling, but okay. So... <laughs> well, she, yeah, of course. Of course, it's Prince. What do you want? I mean, I don't know him, but... Right. But yeah, so... But my point just being is, is yeah, is this the best time to be a drummer? Yes, it is. Is this the best time to get art out? Yes, it is. Is this, you know, the best time to live? I believe it is. I'm just going to jag off for a second. Okay. So Prince drummers that were chicks, were they all good drummers? Yes. Did they she all drum like a drummer, not like a not like a girl drummer? Is a girl drummer? Anna can play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, if you close your eyes, you see no... It's just drums. It's just drums. You don't see any... Not super light playing, not skatey. No. Right. Prince makes them dig in. Right. They actually have to play the drums. Gotta play. Yeah. I mean, have you heard Sheila play? She can play. No, I know. I just had to ask. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, well, what about this? You know, this, this opens up just a small can of worms of the whole internet drummers. Okay. So, like, internet drummers, I mean, I'm hearing a little bit of stuff where some people are like, they're not the same as drummers who play with musicians. Of course they're not. Yeah. They're still drummers. Right. You know, they're still out there being creative. They're still... That's the platform that they have. Right. Now, you know. What do you do with that? Well, like go well, to a when and, you play. And like Hannah, yeah. you know, it's like she could have just been a, a internet drummer. Yeah. You know, but Prince wouldn't have hired her unless she could play with the band. Right. Or unless he she could deliver what he wanted her to play. Right. Which she did, so she nailed it. So yeah, so opportunities out there. Do you have to? But are they all like you, that? No, of course not. Do you have to? Uh, uh, perform and do you have to put in the time and do you have to be ready? Of course, but I mean, wasn't it always that way? If you get recommended, you know, on a session or whatever, yeah. if, if you're not the right guy or you're not ready and you not get along with people, then it's not going to happen. If you're just an internet, internet drummer, and yeah. I'm, I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying, if that's everything that you've done, right? And if that's all you want to do, yeah. And say you're reaching tons of people and, and you enjoy it, what's the matter with that? I'm not saying anything's wrong, but I mean, is it, like, what's the end game? Do you just be that? Because isn't it kind of like, in some levels, if you're this internet drummer, and then you get a following, and you play your drums, you don't play with any musicians, and um, so it's like you are this person who plays the drums or took lessons but never played with the band. Right. So, like you're just playing a music minus one tracks, right? Or doing drum covers or whatever. Yeah, but it's still music minus one because you're hearing, you're hearing this band, oh, yeah, yeah. it's canned, you know. Right. Every music minus one. You, yeah. You probably never needed it because you always had great musicians to play with. But you know, us schlumps, we had to have music minus one. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Because we had no, we didn't have a jazz band to play with. Or, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I was lucky enough to be surrounded right. by great players. Um, no, but my point is just being. Some people, that's all they want to do. And I'm not saying... Is it? Or do they think that they're going to just go jump and play on a road? And then they need all the stuff that you told about getting along and da-da-da-da and playing with other people and listening and listening to people. Well, right. Okay, so, yeah, the downside to that is isolation. And I do believe that in art, it's good to 
interact with people and stuff like that on any level. Mm -hmm. Meaning, if you're an artist, mm -hmm. or even with you, I know you've done uh, some shows yeah. for, for your uh, uh, for your photography, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You have to get along with people, mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah, and you were always very like, go do the show, and I was like, God, I, this is yeah, a douchey I know. I thing. Yeah, I was like forcing you. Yeah, I'm forcing like, you. I'm like, isn't this Can douchey? Go. Isn't this kind of a douchey thing? No, you're go like, do it. Yeah, you like, get go, out there. Get out there. Yeah. No, it's important. Right. Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, isolation. I can see that as being a problem. Yes, actually, mm -hmm. you know, internet drummers and stuff like that. I think it's going to be just like drummers anywhere where it's like. Yeah, you're gonna have the majority that aren't that good, or the or the majority that get to a certain level, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah, are they gonna hit the uh, five percent, you know, that that actually do something creative or work or get along with people? Who knows? Odds mm -hmm. are probably not. Mm -hmm. But there was that that level of people even before the internet. Oh, I know. I agree. But do you listen to any internet drummers? Yeah, you do. I have. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel that there's something there? Like, is there something that... Some of them, yeah. Yeah. I do. Some of them, no. Mm -hmm. But, you know... Um, but, yeah, I know. I have friends that, that get really uh, aggravated about that. It doesn't aggravate me. It doesn't bother me. I just want to... I think it's a phenomenon. Like, I've actually yeah, invited right. to... I've actually wanted to talk to a few... See, the, the thing yeah. with me is... I think it's great that people are, A, playing drums mm -hmm. in this day and age... And B, that it's on the internet and they're getting hits. I think that's great. You know, if they're a, uh, you know, a kid, if they're a girl, if they're a guy, yeah. if they're whatever, you know, I think any, anybody playing drums, I enjoy because I like drums. Mm -hmm. um, my dad taught me early on, whenever you go hear a drummer, because we all do this, instead of picking them apart, find one thing that he did good. What's the fun in that? Well, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> You're right. It's not as fun. I'm just saying. My dad was right, though. No, your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so I mean, my dad, that's kind of where I came from. That's why I'm uh, Pollyanna. <laughs> what does that mean, Pollyanna? You know, Pollyanna, that movie. Like, you always see uh, oh, the, the, glasses, the, the glasses always oh, half, uh, full? half full. Right. Yeah. I get that. You know, I just wonder what it was. I just wonder what it was. You know me. I just wonder what it was. You know, because it's this thing. You know, you play the drums, and you're like, you put the video camera on, so you don't you don't have any performance anxiety because it's it's all canned. Well, like like uh, when I did the drum contest for for my drum duets, mm -hmm. and uh, and that kid in Mexico won. Yeah. You know, they were doing uh, basically a duet with me, but music minus one, like you're talking about. And okay. It went on the internet and everything. Right. Some great drummers out there. There were it? no, there were absolutely. Yeah. But now, that, wasn't that before the whole internet drummer phenomenon? Uh, it was during. It was. Okay. Yeah, it was during. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and yeah, I mean, everybody likes <clears throat> slaying. Everybody, everybody likes saying, "Oh, they can't play in a band. They can't do a gig." Mm -hmm. um, but there's and, some truth to that, isn't there? Yeah, sure. If you never play with the band, sure. If you only play for a, a camcorder. Right. Like, would I recommend that if you want to be in a band? No, of course not. Right. But I mean. It, but it's not a bad thing. No, some no of those, I'm not saying it's bad. Some of those guys... I'm trying to figure out what it is. It's, it's, it's interesting. Right. It's, it's a guy out there, you know, doing, doing that. Right. And, uh, you know, like Ray LaVue, Le, he, uh, he got burned when he was a kid. Okay. And, uh, 
Do you know who he is? No. He's a New York jazz drummer. Okay. And uh, and his hands are totally like mittens. Okay. They like got burned and everything. So they're fused together? They're fused together. Okay. And uh, the guy puts rubber bands on his, to hold the sticks. Mm -hmm. Okay. He has no fulcrum. He has nothing like we, we're used to. Right? Yes. The guy is bad. Really? I mean, he's killing He's playing him. really good. Yeah. That's cool. And, uh, and his whole story is, you know, he always loved drumming and that like saved his life after he got burned and all that kind of stuff. And right. I don't know all the details to yeah, it. Yeah. I'm just giving you this. But he's bringing it. He's, but I'm saying he's, yeah. he's on the internet. He's bringing it. Right. And he's, and he's playing, you know, in the village, he's playing with, with famous jazz guys down and everything. He, he was on the drummer of uh drumhead magazine. Um, now I don't know if he's strictly an internet drummer, but, but I know that he was a, but if he's playing swing with people, he's not, obviously he's, playing with players right, right. or is he just but, playing I mean, he was tracks? on the internet and stuff and and okay i just mm -hmm. saw a thing that he's on because he's on my social media mm -hmm. but uh but you know talking about passion i mean right talking about not giving up right you know so no that's awesome i mean yeah. a love for drums i get it a love for drums that's a great and thing and i think internet internet drumming is awesome because like i said it's more people playing drums it'd be cool in my opinion if they if let's say that let's just make this up let's just say that some of them or one of them they're just shy and they don't want to play in front of people but they love drumming right and so it'd be cool if they began to explore the other components of their system and made their own tracks right well maybe some of those yeah that'd be neat that'd yeah. be kind of neat you know because you see this music being created you know you know me I'm a little scared of anything it's a little inbred right like I like a collaboration but I also think that the ones that get big hits well there's a couple of reasons yeah. but the ones that I like that get big hits is basically the guy's bringing it, one way or another. No, now, I know. Now some That's of it, truth. some of it might be trickery. You know, tricks are for kids. Right. But uh, you know, trickery stick stuff or something like that. Yeah. Um, I saw one guy who was killing it. He was uh, uh, he was a rudimental guy, but not like a drum corps guy. Okay. And the stick, so classical rudimental style. No, he was like from Compton. And, okay. And the stick stuff that he was doing was insane. Sticking his sticking. Yeah, like uh, stick tricks. Oh, he's doing that? Like he was playing really fluidly. Fluidly. I don't even know if that's a word. Yeah. Really fluid. Yeah. And, uh, and doing these amazing stick tricks like down the arms and, and stuff like that. And it didn't compromise the sound. He's like 12 years old. Right. And I was looking at him and I was going, that guy is awesome. That's killer. That's killer. Now, is he going to play in a band? I don't know. Is he, is he going to... Heavy metal band right there. Right. Is stick, he, he going to you know, go much farther than that? I don't care. Did I enjoy it? Yeah. Did I forward it to people? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm coming from on all that. I think everybody looks at the internet as, oh, wait, that guy's not you know, playing with the band. That guy's not doing this. Yeah. And then my other thing, too, is, well, does he have to play with the band? Maybe he'll play with a DJ. Yeah, absolutely. No, right. That's a great point. I mean, take that drum in and collab with somebody right that could be a neat thing right or play with other drummers right that'd be interesting yeah I'm not saying there's anything even wrong with somebody never playing with anybody else I'm just saying I've never seen that oh no as, it's as, definitely a new way as a drummer you know it's like I've never seen that phenomenon right a camera and a drummer and tracks right I think it's great like I used to call that practice without the camera <laughs> yeah right <laughs> there's something about like an 8 year old kid playing you know a Rush song and uh, nailing it. Right. You know? I right. mean, I used to go... We People used to, trip out on it with the guitar stuff, too. We used to go over too. to... Uh, to uh, 
Josh Freeze's house. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, we'd be hanging out there and, and Stan would have a party or something like that. And then, you know, Josh would put the headphones on and, uh, and crank up, uh, you know, a Maynard song mm-hmm. or some other song and he'd play on top of it. Exactly what they do on the internet. And we all sat there and we clapped. Hmm. Now they do the same thing and everybody's like, oh, that's horrible. That's interesting. I didn't know Josh performed that way. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, at his house. No, I know. And basically, he was just practicing. No, I know. And you guys are all drummers, so you got it. Yeah. Well, we weren't even all drummers. I mean, they were, you know, Stan's friends. Right. But it's a fun thing to see a dude play the drum set. Right. To a song you know. Yeah. Right. And to see his passion for it. Right. Especially kids, it's interesting. Right. You know? And it's interesting seeing seeing these uh, girl drummers, too, because some of them are like... Wow, she really brought it. You know, I didn't expect that from her. But to me, there's a there's one thing in that scenario that's a little that can be deceptive, and that's audio engineering. You know, like say, if if you rack a bunch of drum mics on a kit and then you go play, you know, some Steely Dan song, you know, oh no, absolutely, it does sound different than if I'm standing right next to that person hearing them play the drums. Oh, they're not driving the bus. Right. By any means. Right. No. And and guess what? When they mess up and everything. And even hitting, because you have mic proximity. You don't have to hit so hard if you got mics on everything. And it's going through the internet and it's mixed. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Whereas if you, like with Josh, you you literally heard the guy play in a room. Right. That's a, And I'm not, again, I'm not putting on internet drummers. I'm just saying that is a component. We have yeah, to, you are, we have to, No. You, you, <laughs> that's exactly what you're doing. We have to. That's a good thing I'm here. We have to acknowledge that um, <laughs> that is a factor that. That that's a pristine drum sound. Oh no, absolutely. It's a processed drum sound. Let's call it that. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we didn't have that luxury. Like, yeah, the wizard is behind the. Curtain. You sound like shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, what, what was that? Oh, you know, just throw a mic in front of the drums, you know, four feet. It sounds awesome. We're like, well, that sounds awesome. No, it didn't. Sound like shit. <laughs> I have some of that stuff though with with my early stuff. Yeah, I'm keeping it. I had to do that with them because because it, it, yeah, it's funny. I only had four mics. Well, it's funny because these yeah. days it's like a sound now. You know, like that's I true. Could, I could totally like I might even do that. I could totally like cut it and uh, and you know put uh, put a uh, feature a girl on top of it and I have another you know I could bring it into Echo Wacko and say uh-huh. Echo get in here you know. Sing on top of this this beat uh-huh. that is one mono mic and trashed, and you know it would work. Engineers were um, bragging about that, like back in the Nirvana days. I was on these. Well, yeah, um, because they knew what they were doing. They could put one mic in front of there and make it sound, you know. Well, Bonham, you know, right? That was that whole thing. It's like right. it's a style thing, isn't it? Because well, and the funny thing, yeah. the thing that cracks me up about all the Bonham tributes and everything. Yeah, and uh, you know, my one of my good friends, Jeff. Apple tree. Oh right. He was out out with them on tour, and he's a drum tech and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is Bonham loved jazz drummers? Yes. Which which Jeff told at one of those Bonham things and and bummed everybody out because you know they all <laughs> didn't realize that you know and uh, totally like just blew the wind out of him. Huh? Right. He loved R and B, and he right. did not play loud. Really, he did not play loud. He did not play loud. That's interesting. And everybody that, that comes in and does it, they're like slamming, they're doing all that kind of stuff. That's not what John was about at all. That's interesting. He played like an R&B guy. Mm. He played on a speed king. <laughs> of course he didn't play loud. 
<laughs> I remember the speaking. John Stamos had a speaking. Oh, yeah. The worst pedal ever made. Not, I don't not know a, how any I, of those I have guys. no foot, and I have no foot on a speaking. I don't know so how those guys played, played on that thing. He, uh, yeah, I remember Biscara told me this thing about Picaro that, that, that he was like, you know, that his whole thing was, you know, Purdy and, right. and Bonham. And Keltner. Right. And Bonham, yeah. yeah. I was just like, wow. You know, it sort of surprised me. Jeff didn't play that loud either. He didn't. Hmm. Again, I've only heard. No, I heard Jeff play live a few times, but never without mics. Right. Yeah. Now we heard him at the Big Potato. Oh, that's we, true. Me and you went. That's true. I remember seeing him there. He wasn't playing loud. Forgot about that guy. He Those were the days. Loud. I mean, it's right. a Big Potato, so of course it's loud as a closet. Right. Know? Right. But yeah, there's a lot of misconception about volume with with rock and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, now that you've You've completely deflated my entire <laughs> ideal of drumming. I'm going to hit the stop button. Well, I'm going to go and do some internet drumming, Ken. So uh, make sure I you... I can't wait. But you can't because make, you can't go backwards. You can't not <laughs> make have sure, played with people. <laughs> make sure you uh, give me a like on that, okay? And I'll give you the like, it. but you can't do it because you've already played with other people. Oh, jeez. And you have all that experience and that other, you know, so it's not going to... So what? Now, go does that, that delegitimize me from doing... Uh, Internet drumming? A Rush, Rush song cover or something? You could do that if you want to, but All it right. wouldn't be the same as somebody who has never played with a band. And that's and that not that what some people say because they're maybe jealous? Or, I mean, because is it true that they never play? We don't really know that they've never played with a band. But I know that I've reached out to a few of them, and none of them have said, oh, I, I want to talk to drums, talk about drums with you. You know, I'm thinking, well, are they afraid that I'm going to... What are, they, they don't know me, so they don't... I don't you know, like, what do I know about drums? Okay, so... I'm probably in the top 0.0001% of drummers that feel this way. So I think that they probably get attacked all the time. So the last thing they want to do is come on a podcast with you and get attacked. Like I would attack an internet drummer? I don't know, Ken. <coughs> you can be pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the drums. But, you I know, love drums. it you is know, what it you is. You know me. I'm like yeah. a drum geek. And it's like... Um, I love drums. I mean, you came to the drum festival. We had, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Skojo from the from the Blue Devils killing it. You right. know, doing rudimental stuff, and you know, other That's people right. are like, "Oh, they're stiff," and and you know, they can't get a gig and all this kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of naysayers out there for stuff. And to right. me, you know, it's all drums. It's all great. Right. I mean, if you're playing drums, to me, you're in the club. Right. You know, you're in the club, Ken. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you Thank play, I'm if, in you, some club. if you play drums, and you're in the CB club too. Oh, cool! The bad day. Club. That's how this whole conversation started with the CBs. Yeah. See, yeah. you're in the bad day uh, scenario. Club. Yeah, I love it. So. Mr. Mystic signing out. Okay, the disco kid <laughs> signing out. Ten four, good buddy. Ten four.